Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Monday, February 24th. This is episode number 889. And I'm just excited you guys are here. We're going to answer your questions. Today is Mailbox Monday. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, everybody, thank you so much to everybody who came to Lakeland, Florida for my women's conference, Faith That Speaks. Uh, the speaking season is in full swing for me, and I want to know, where am I going to see you guys in 2020? I'm excited to say I'm going to be speaking for the Teach Them Diligently convention again this year. I'll be in Nashville, Rogers, Waco Mobile, and the Columbus Convention Center, and uh, I'm going to be hosting the Moms Night at each of these events, sharing the stage in Nashville with Nancy Lee DeMoss Wolgamuth. That's Nashville, Tennessee, you guys, this Friday. And if I mentioned that I was going to be speaking with Nancy Lee DeMoss Wolgamuth, that's because I want you guys to hear it. So it's not too late to get your tickets. You can use the code Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, for 15 bucks off of your registration. Right after that, March 6th and 7th, I will be at the Hearts to Moms Conference in Peoria, Illinois. And uh, you guys can find tickets to that at ignitethefamily.ticketbud.com. And I will link back to that in the show notes today. And then right after that, The very next weekend, uh, I'm going to be in Thousand Oaks, California at one of my favorite churches, God Speak Calvary Chapel, March 13th and 14th with my friends, Kathy Barnett and Elizabeth Johnston. It's not too late to get your tickets for that. It is a jam-packed weekend. My women's conference, Faith That Speaks, coming to your neck of the woods really soon. So check it out, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. All right, today is Mailbox Monday, and you guys know that I love to answer your questions at Mailbox Monday, and I love that you guys are keeping them coming. The Bible teaches us that there is to be a clear distinction between the people of God and the people of this world. And part of what we want to do here at the podcast is to encourage you in that distinction, to encourage you to be a set apart people. This is who God says you are. It is to be set apart. It is to be anointed to serve God and to speak his truth in the culture today. And a couple things I want to talk about before we jump into all of your questions today. Uh, The Bible says that it's only God and his spirit that can win the hearts of people, right? John 6, 44, no man comes to the father that by me, except for the father draws him, right? Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And uh, we want to be continuing to remember as we get off the bench and onto the battlefield that our job is to be obedient, and then to walk in the way that God wants us to walk. And then we leave the results up to God, to leave the results up to the Father. And when we do that, you guys, it releases you from this unrealistic and really ungodly thought that all of this stuff is up to you. Because it isn't. We are called to be obedient. We are called to go where God calls us to do, but ultimately the results are up to God. So we plant seeds in the lives of our children. We hopefully get involved. You guys heard my friend Steve Lambert on Friday. We were talking about his, at the age of 70, getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. You guys, God calls us to be salt and light in the culture. 
And so there's a couple of things I want to talk about today. The first one is the issue of salt and light, which comes from a mama named Krista. So hi, Krista. She says, hey, Heidi, I've got a question for you. My friends are telling me that my children who are currently in the public school and who I am considering pulling out in the fall should stay in the public school because our job as Christians is to be salt and light in the culture. This question has me stumped and frankly confused by what I'm seeing happening in the public school and my responsibility as a parent to train my children in righteousness. Am I called to protect them or can I protect them while they're in the public school being salt and light? Please help. Thank you so much. All right, Krista. So this is a great question and I'm going to answer it in the best way that I can. And the first thing I want to say is I think that Christians who use this argument are woefully uneducated about A, what it is meant to be salt and light, and B, the battlefield, which is the public school system. It is government schooling here in the United States. People don't like it sometimes when I call the public school government school, but that's exactly what it is. Publicly funded, funded by who? by the government. And so we see this this push of Christian uh, people who are in the public schools and the and some of sometimes the excuses that we hear are well our kids are supposed to be salt and light. So I have huge problems with that argument. The first problem that I have is that we are called as adults to be salt and light. We are training our children to be salt and light. And the battle that is happening for the hearts and minds of our children is real. And it is raging in the field of education because we know, because the Bible tells us that when students are trained, they will be like their teachers. And so we need to be asking ourselves, A, are my children ready for the battlefield? And I would say 99.9% of the time, the answer is no, they're not ready for the battlefield. If you guys thought that there was a physical battle, let's say that there was a, a physical battle being fought right outside your door. Let's say that there was a war happening in the public school. And people were coming to school with guns and knives and there were arrows flying and and, uh, cannons going off. Would you give your five-year-old a lunchbox and put him on a bus that was going to take him to the front lines of that war? No, you wouldn't. And in fact, I think you'd be hard-pressed to send your 10-year-old or your 16-year-old or even your 18-year-old to a battle like that. And this is what I mean about being woefully uneducated. The battle that's happening in the schools right now for the hearts and minds of this generation is every bit as real and every bit as damaging as the battle that I just described to you, except that we seem not to care about it because it's not going to harm them physically, which is astonishing to me. It's actually doing more damage to them emotionally and mentally and spiritually than an arrow through the heart could ever do to them physically. And you say, well, they could lose their life. And that's my point. They absolutely can can lose their life in the battle that's happening for the hearts and minds of our children right now. And so let's let's take it a step farther. Let's say that you guys heard that the coronavirus was making its way through the public school system in your city. Would you send your kid to school there? Heavens no, you wouldn't. People would be freaking out. The schools would close. You would never put your kid in harm's way like that. And yet we are doing it every day in the name of being salt and light. I have yet to meet a parent who says to me, absolutely, no matter what the battle is, my kids are salt and light. I would absolutely send them to the front lines. And so I want you guys to see the schools 
as the front lines. No different than if you were to put them on the front lines in World War II, strap a machine gun on their back and say, good luck. And that's what we're doing to our kindergartners, our first graders, our second graders. There, there are people who are systematically going through our schools right now, indoctrinating our children, telling them lies, messing with their hearts, messing with their minds, and I would say doing irreparable harm to our children. And the salt and light argument absolutely does not hold up when it comes to our kids. We would put trained warriors on a battlefield. And absolutely, Christians need to be in the public school system. Christian administrators, Christian teachers, Christian PE directors, Christian librarians, because it is a battlefield. And believe me when I say that even if we send an adult in there, and you guys know this, those of you who are listening to this and your husbands or your wives or your sons or daughters or teachers in the public school, you know they've got their work cut out for them. My husband, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, met a teacher from a school district uh, near Oregon. Really wonderful man. He's been a Christian his whole life. His kids are actually homeschooled, but he teaches full-time in the district, loves these kids. He's been there for 20 years. And he said, you know what, Jay? I think my time in the public school is coming to an end because I cannot abide what they're asking me to teach the kids. And he said, it's everything that I can do every day to strap on my armor and force myself to go down there knowing that at any moment my job could be taken from me, knowing that uh, the battle is real. And you guys, why are we subjecting our kids to this? I, I don't understand. So yes, salt and light, absolutely. But our children being salt and light, no. I don't think, I, I think that the argument for our children being salt and light in the public schools is uh, a flawed argument at best and a dangerous argument at worst. And uh, we are just, that is not the call for uh, our kids, for Christian kids to be, quote, salt and light in a situation like that. So you got to look at it like war. The next question that comes in, comes in from Aline. And she says, Heidi, do you have any suggestions to help children who struggle with anxiety? I struggle tremendously and at this point in my life need medication to function from day to day. I see my son, aged 11, headed in that direction, and I'd like to do all I can to help him so he does not suffer as an adult in the same way that I have. He had a full-blown panic attack at his last birthday party, and it just broke my heart. We talk through his feelings and how God is his strength, but in the midst of the panic, it's hard for him to focus on anything outside of the suffering, which I totally understand. I know you have said that essential oils helped you with your anxiety, and I would be interested to know more, or if you have any other advice on the topic that you can offer. So first of all, I love this question. Anybody that's ever followed me for any length of time knows that I suffered with anxiety, terrible, crippling anxiety uh, from the time I was in my late teens uh, until about six or seven years ago. And uh, yes, you guys have heard me talk about essential oils, and I will link back to that at the show notes today. Uh, I believe in natural healing methods. I spent so many years on medication. And uh, it ended up doing damage to my uh, to my body and damage to my emotions. And so I always tell people I'm not opposed to medication, but I hate to see uh, men and women on them for 20 plus years, which is what happened to me. And so uh, anything that we can do to not go down that road, I think is really important. But I know the struggle of anxiety and I know that it's real. And as a mother who is watching uh, a child struggle with anxiety. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. And so for someone who has never suffered, 
from severe anxiety or from severe panic attacks, you, it's easy to, to say, oh, they're making too much of this feeling or feeling nervous or overwhelmed. But anyone who's ever suffered from anxiety knows that that's far from the truth. And so what happens during a panic attack is basically you have irrational thoughts, right? A rapid heartbeat, a number of physical symptoms. It could be your arms tingle, lightheadedness, tightness in your chest, these kinds of things. And I know people who have had uh, the fear of dying or losing control. For me, the panic attacks would come. I could be in my kitchen, you know, making spaghetti, playing music, and all of a sudden it would just hit me for no reason at all. You know, sweaty palms, my heart's racing. And it made me angry because I couldn't make sense of it. Why is this happening to me? I'm completely fine. I don't even be, I don't even feel afraid. And sometimes the panic attacks last for minutes. And uh, I've known people who have, who haven't even been able to leave their homes because the fear of having a panic attack outside their home has been crippling to them. And it takes uh, an emotional, obviously, and a physical toll. And so we want to talk about it from a place of compassion, always whenever you hear someone who's struggling with anxiety. And uh, and I want to just encourage you the way I would encourage my own children, that no matter what we've got going on in our lives, God has a uh, a heart for us. He has a place in his heart for us. He's got a plan for us and a plan for our future. And we want to pray with our kids. We pray, Father, help us be, have, find relief from this from this uh, crippling anxiety. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And this is a wonderful way to say to our children that God's word can help lead us out of the mental traps and physical suffering through anxiety that keep us from moving forward uh, in their life. And so we want to take our kids to the Bible and take them to God's word. It's so important that you know God's word, that you can use his word in a way that brings healing and hope. One of the things that encouraged me a lot when I was in the the deeps was Psalm 30 verse five, where it says, weeping can endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. First John four, chapter four, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Psalm 34, four, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all of my fears. And your kids need to know that God is real, that his healing is real, that he loves them, that he will never leave them and never forsake them. And when we have children that are dealing with anxiety, which I think is probably one of the more predominant uh, mental health issues among children and adolescents today, but I want you to also know it is one of the most treatable. And uh, anxiety looks different in every child, but I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to talk to your kids about the anxiety that they're facing. Don't be afraid to get help from them. I believe in Christian counseling, uh, especially if you're if you're walking through this with a kid who's coming into their teens and uh, they're and they're starting to exhibit behaviors that you know are unhealthy. Uh, don't be afraid to deal with it by talking to uh, a Christian, counselor, somebody who's certified in working particularly with kids who are struggling with anxiety. Uh, some of the signs that your kid might be struggling or suffering from anxiety could be uh, sleep disturbances. Uh, they might ask you over and over again for reassurance. Sometimes your kids can get stomach aches uh, and they it might cause them to uh, to get sick, you know, and you're seeing this happen over and over again. Your, your child could be struggling with anxiety if you notice 
that their worries are interrupting a normal family life, or maybe they're causing avoidance for activities and places. And I think uh, helping your child to kind of get off the worry train, first of all, it comes from you, mom and dad. If you're racked with anxiety and worry all the time, you're setting an example for your child that that is how life is supposed to be handled. And so don't belittle your child. Don't invalidate them but point them back to where the thoughts come from. And you want to help them listen to what they're saying, but teach them that there is a worry track and that there is a God-believing track. You know, the Bible talks about the battle that we are in as being a battle for our minds. And so often the battle that we're fighting is in our minds. And we need to say, Father, help me control my thoughts. Uh, I've said this many times in the podcast um, I am loath to put a child on medication. I'm not going to tell you to sin. I'm not going to tell you it's wrong. Uh, but oh my goodness, you guys, please be careful before we put our kids on uh, medications that they're going to be on for the rest of their lives. Or if we do do medications, let's say, hey, we're going to do this for six weeks. And during those six weeks, we work at talking to our children about Uh, ways to handle their anxiety, uh, redirecting their thoughts, creating new pathways in their brains for the feelings that they are experiencing. And rather than, uh, like I said before, belittling your child, uh, recognizing that anxiety is actually, unfortunately, very, very much in the culture right now, we want to move them to a place of finding the tools in their toolbox so that they can handle anxiety in an appropriate way way. And there are lots of ways to do that. So uh, talk to a Christian counselor. I will link back to some of those uh, some of those things today so that you guys can look for Christian counselors in your area. But when you have a child who exhibits the symptoms of an anxiety disorder, remember they it doesn't necessarily mean they have an anxiety disorder. All right. So sometimes we panic and go, my kid has anxiety. Well, we all have anxiety about going to, into new situations or maybe trying something for the first time. Uh, but in children, uh, if you're looking for something like evidence of post-traumatic stress disorder, which was what I had been uh, diagnosed with in my early 20s, uh, these can leave your child feeling very frightened, very scared. I would be asking myself, has there been an event that has happened in the life of my child that I don't know about. These are things that we want to examine and definitely get help for. So when you have a child that exhibits the symptoms of an anxiety disorder, remember, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have anxiety. They could just be going through a phase which they're going to outgrow. But if your parental intuition dictates that this isn't the case, it's time to find some help uh, from a professional who has experience with children and anxiety and depression uh, disorders because we don't want to leave them untreated. We don't want to ignore them. Rather, we want to come at them from a position of faith. We talk about our, our anxiety and our struggles in light of God's word. One of the things I love about the Bible is if you really study the life of David, that dude had some serious anxiety. And you could say, well, of course he did. People trying to kill him. <laughs> uh, but our kids are dealing with social media today. They're dealing with all kinds of things in the culture. And we first want to take them to God's word. Let them know that they are loved just the way God made them and that he wants to deliver them from their fears and from their anxiety. And he is able, and this has been the, the story of my whole life, something I want to shout from the rooftops. God is the healer. God can do it. God can heal. And you guys need to know that there is hope and healing for your children. And so if you have a child who's struggling with anxiety today, 
that is my encouragement to you as a woman who has been through it, knows what it's like um, to say, love your child through it, meet them where they are, point them to God's word, and then ask for God's wisdom as you figure out the next steps for your children. All right. God will help you. He is in the business of helping his children and he is in the business of healing even our deepest hurts. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all our ways, we should acknowledge him and that he will direct our paths. You guys can trust him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Hang in with your kids because the journey that you're on is worth it. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you have questions that you'd like to see me address, you can shoot me a message over at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. A form will come up and you can fill that out and then we will look at those questions and filter them appropriately to be answered here on the air. Also, for those of you who are members at MomStrong International, if you're members of the Bible study, I am starting to address some of these questions uh, every week at my teaching for the Bible study there. So if you're already a member at MomStrong International, be sure and request permission to join that private Facebook page. I do Facebook live teaching every Wednesday. And some of the questions that I think are a little bit, uh, maybe need answers quickly, I will usually do that there on Wednesdays during the teaching. So again, you guys can find me at momstronginternational.com. Sign up for the scripture writing challenge there and then join our Bible study community. Uh, You guys, it's a wonderful community of women who are supporting and encouraging each other as we study God's word and grow together. momstronginternational.com. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.